0: Now we hear from Mark Doran, Chief Executive of the Little Company of Mary Healthcare. Mark, thanks very much for your time today. I start by asking you where you see the healthcare industry heading over the next five years. That's an easy one because the uh, Federal Government
1: probably helped us there by uh, their paper, uh, the interim report of the uh, Health and Hospitals Reform Commission is out at the moment and the uh, final report's due at the end of June and it really is the blueprint of what's wrong with the healthcare system and what people think uh, might be able to fix it and I think even the title gives you a bit of a clue when you have the word hospital there we're still a very healthcare centric or a hospital centric uh, healthcare system. With hospitals uh, everything revolves around them it's very po- obvious uh, when you read the report that that's uh, that is a key issue and uh, I think we all know that it started uh, in the blame games between the feds and the states over how hospitals were to be funded. So really it's pretty easy uh, if you want to wade through the uh, massive tome of a report, and uh, no doubt the one coming out at the end of June will will be even more uh, interesting as they um, tease out some of the options that uh, they've placed before us in this interim report. Uh, yeah, very interesting time. Yeah,
0: I guess if they adopt some of the recommendations, it, it could be the sort of biggest shake-up in the industry for, for 50 years or more? I'd say 200 years. Mm. Basically, hospitals uh, started
1: down the road here with the Rum Hospital in the early 1800s, and uh, this is still very much all about hospitals and what revolves around it, and the Fed's taking responsibility for everything that occurs outside of hospitals. So they're going to take on primary care and preventative care and aged care. Um, and hospitals are floating there, who is going to take them up? Are uh, the states going to still be involved or are we going to move to a, a rather radical option in option C, which uh, if you put the time frame of the next five years, I do not think we'll see option C in five years. Um, my view is we'll probably see something around option A, which is more cooperation between the states and the Feds before we could get to C. C is so radical an idea that... Um, yeah, it quite hasn't got its time yet. And I think uh, because we're a healthcare system that is really set up for the convenience of the providers, um, and you can look at that a variety of ways, but I think you know the fact that we have troubles in rural health in Australia tells you that it's about providers. And that's not being critical. It's, it's just the way it's evolved. Um, we are going to be in for a very interesting time. Uh, anybody who lived through the uh, HMO and the Columbia... Um, uh, I think it would have been in the early 80s that was a very interesting time particularly watching the AMA's reaction to it I think we may see something along those lines of option C is really pushed mm. and indeed uh, there's a lot of conversation out there that option C is the way the government would ultimately like to take it radical, very radical um, perhaps a, a, you know too far, too fast I think that might be the answer there. Mm. Interesting.
0: And LCM Healthcare operates across public and private hospitals, aged care, community care. Perhaps you could just outline the sort of strategy behind being in these different areas of health and community services and also whether you're able to derive any synergies across the different divisions.
1: Uh, for us, it's it's all about mission. That's the reason uh, we're in so many diverse areas and when I say diverse, it's as diverse as uh, looking after assisted accommodation for aboriginals on the Tiwi Islands off Darwin to looking at uh, looking after disabled kids uh, rehab in Hobart to uh, motor neuron diseased uh, young adults in Victor Harbour in uh, South Australia to public hospitals and private hospitals and of course um, retirement and aged care. Uh, You're right, very diverse. I don't think there's too many around with the uh, diversity we have. But it is about mission. Uh, The sisters came here 125 years ago and their background was really just support. It's more along the lines of community uh, care, as we know it today. But it evolved into hospitals, um, both public and private. In fact, a lot of our hospitals have move backwards and forwards between those status. They start as private benevolent hospitals back in the 30s, 20s, move to become public hospitals as funding became the issue. And as the public sector grew and took over a lot of these roles, they moved back to becoming private. So it's the strategy is about being responsive, and it is about being a continuing uh, source of a sort of healing hope and nurturing for the communities. That's Mm. the strategic strategic intent. It's got absolutely nothing to do with the business strategy. Mm. And um, synergies, very few. Uh, Obviously, there's uh, a little bit of overhead. We do have a very small corporate office, um, uh, but the real synergy comes out of the mission. It's tying it all together. Um, And occasionally, we can complete the continuum, but to be honest, it's difficult, and we have segmentized if you like our treatment offerings not deliberately it's just the way the system has evolved and I think that's the same for everybody else and it really is something we're examining because you know if you take aged care for example they don't see it that way an aged person needing a care uh, is boxed at the moment into low care high care you know uh, independent living they don't see it that way And there are great difficulties for them to move in and around that thing, different government levels, different funding regimes. If there is anything that we'll get synergies out of in the future, it's the reform in those areas. That's what we're hoping for.
0: And what do you see as being the key issues facing LCM Healthcare in attracting and or retaining senior level talent?
1: It's obviously, uh, because we're not for profit, sometimes difficult on the remuneration side. There's no two ways about that. Uh, yeah, if you can read annual reports and see what the CEOs are getting of some of our larger corps, but it's fairly obvious that people have been in those positions for decades. So that's not as big an issue as people think, although it is an issue in attracting people. Uh, people stay and get satisfaction out of a lot of, a whole range of things but i think for us at the moment it's a satisfaction out of uh, the, the challenges that we've got the fact that we're so diverse the fact that uh, you know we do have this mission focus it's not just about one dimensional business focus uh, there's a lot, lot many more dimensions to what we do uh, much more complex in a lot of ways than being purely private hospitals for example or you know, private hospitals with a bit here and there i think people have a lot more uh, autonomy in this environment too. Uh, The way we're structured, we give people a stream and we let them manage that. We don't ask people to be experts in four or five different industries, uh, which we think is impossible. So there's satisfaction in doing your part of the deal well, yet you're part of a much larger team, which has a much larger focus. Yeah, there's a fair amount of satisfaction. I think that's what brings people in.
0: Right.
1: Plus, to be honest, uh, we obviously re- breed our own through our exec development program. So on the retention side, that's been good. We've been able to bring a lot of people through um, and we've retained a lot of people under that program. So mm. it's very satisfying that way. But yeah, the, the challenges are that you know good people are in demand and there are not many people out there who have gone through the apprenticeship if you like, system. Mm -hmm. I think there were years where the trainees disappeared out of uh, particularly the private hospital industry and we're now paying the price. And a lot of people have not had, as I said, the apprenticeship style which has allowed them to really understand their businesses from the ground, grassroots up. Having said that, we still have a lot of nurses coming through and clinical people coming through in a management level. So that's a plus. Yeah, So I'd say that's the best.
0: And in a generic sense, what do you think are the key competencies that a senior executive in healthcare needs to be successful today? Well, there's some that just
1: don't go away. That's financial literacy that always helps. Um, particularly in the background of reform, I would say it's going to be innovation, the ability to understand how the whole system fits together and who are the major providers because it's, as I said, this system is largely set up for providers. So take that another way by saying you really have to understand how the medical workforce works and how you can influence them, and indeed understand what they need out of the system. As the lines blur between public and private in particular, and you will see the private playing a larger part in, say, medical education and workforce reform, it will be interesting. Uh, there's lots of opportunities for people who understand the system and understand it well Um, and there's no course that teaches you that Um, fortunately that probably comes from the university of life so that's a a competency it's hard to put your finger on but it's a competency nonetheless and that's the one that we've found is is the one that influences the results or the outcomes the most just Mm. knowing this system and how it works The, the ability to negotiate It's going to be uh, a system where, you know, the norms and the status quo will be turned on its head, I suspect, and the ability to get out there and get amongst it and not be afraid to do some deals um, will be a competency that, in the past, we haven't seen. It's been very much, you know, um, the usual, the the normal way of doing things. I think that's starting to, to go. A bit of entrepreneurship is a core competency that we look for now.
0: And a final question. If you were in a position where you were perhaps mentoring an aspiring healthcare executive at the start or perhaps mid-career, what would be the sort of sage piece of advice you would give them? Mm. Um, Listen, uh,
1: use your ears in proportion that God gave them to you you do need to listen a lot Uh, sometimes you you know there's a lot of static out there but uh, you will learn a lot more by trying to understand where the other party's coming from particularly when you're dealing with the medical workforce uh, who really are the key providers Um, yes understand where they're coming from and try to um, appreciate why they're where they're at Uh, there's a whole lot of forces that have created the workforce that we've got for example um, none of, a lot of them are not that obvious until you understand uh, what their drivers are. It could be as simple as that by the time they fin- finish their specialty their their kids are in school mm-hmm. and that's a big influence on them, they want to stay there or well, their wives join a bridge club for God's sake So they, you know, these sorts of influences, it's just so subtle mm-hmm. that you just listen and watch um, and it, The other one I'd say is do get out there, get as much experience as you can, try and get some experience uh, in another healthcare system, uh, possibly overseas. Um, I still fondly remember my little excursions to the UK and um, some opportunities to study in the US. Uh, It just balances you off. Mm -hmm. I'd say that would be my advice.
0: Mark, thanks very much for your time today. It's a pleasure.